Hello and welcome back to episode 12 of the College Football University podcast. There wasn't a great slate of games last weekend, but we did have a high profile firing as Will Muschamp is now out of a job at South Carolina. Uh, the Florida Gators flex their muscles against Arkansas and Wisconsin reminded us just how good they can be. Uh, and then we'll look forward to next week with a great slate of games, a couple of Big Ten games, and a big one in the Big 12 as the Sooner State takes center stage. And then we'll finish with our quick picks and locks as usual. Let's get into it. So let's get started with uh, probably the biggest statement made last week, and that was by the Florida Gators uh, against the Sam Pittmanless Arkansas Razorbacks. What do we think, Parker? Well, I mean, it, nobody's done this to Arkansas yet this year. You know, Arkansas actually has a really respectable defense. That's what they sort of built themselves off of this year is winning a lot of those grindy type games. And, I mean, Kyle Trask had as good of a half of football as you can possibly have. I mean, really thrust himself – as one of the Heisman favorites now, it wasn't getting a lot of respect before this game, at least, you know, alongside the top three of Lawrence Fields and Jones. But after this game, it's hard to deny him a spot up there. I mean, this offense just very rarely this season have they looked slow or, um, you know, dysfunctional. They have been on point pretty much the entire year. Trask has been playing at such a high level, and they proved it again last week against a quality opponent. So, I mean, it's, it's looking a lot like Florida is – going to be able to hang with Bama when they do eventually meet in December, I think. Yeah, no, um, I, I definitely think that's the conclusion I came to is that Florida is not a pushover. They're the second best team in the SEC. Um, they have firmly moved past that A&M game and I think they would drub A&M right now. And, I'd agree. And uh, they're going to give the SEC championship <clears throat> game in Atlanta is going to be a dogfight between two really really good football teams yeah and i've kept i've kept sort of thinking you know i they probably need a running game a firm running game to take that next step and really be a national contender but i mean at this point trask and that the passing attack are just so good i don't even think there's a defense that's going to be able to even if they focus in on the uh on the passing game i don't think there's a defense that's even going to be able to stop them i think the one thing you can probably do which is the case with any offense like this is you know get a lot of get a lot of pressure on trask he hasn't um, he hasn't faced a ton of that this year. Um, so I think that's the one thing that teams probably need to key on, key in on. But, I mean, the thing is nobody really remaining on their schedule has a pass rush that is worth fearing at this point. So, I mean, it's it's it should be a cruise to 4-0 to end the season. And I it's going to be a really tough pick when they take on Bama. Yeah, uh, it's honestly like I'm. I'm still leaning towards Bama. I think they're the best team in the country. But um, it, it, Florida each week seems to 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 make that gap just a little smaller. Um, and you're right. It, it doesn't seem like they can like they don't need a run game. It really just they're fine. Um, Bama does not have 
that formidable of a pass rush, nor that formidable of a defense. Um, it'll be a shootout. It's it's giving me uh, the vibes from last year's LSU Alabama game, kind of. Uh, I I I told you this earlier. I think uh, Florida is like a a B plus version of last year's LSU team, and they're they're really good. So. Um, I'm excited for that game, and I think it's definitely it, it will be the highlight of championship weekend. I think this is going to be the best championship weekend we've had in a long time. Yeah, there's going to be a lot on the line for sure when that does come around. Um, you know, of course, hopefully we do end up getting there uh, with the frequency, <laughs> crossed. the frequency of games being postponed and canceled. But yeah, I really, I really am bought into this Florida team now. Um, you know, I'm interested to see if this is almost a changing of the guard in the SEC East. Georgia's had their couple of years. Um, you kind of missed out on chances uh, losing a lot of close games especially to Bama is this now Florida taking over the East for the foreseeable future at least for a couple of years um, while Georgia takes a step back I mean that could be what it is because I don't see Florida even after this year um, really going anywhere on the national stage so I think Mullen's really progressively who, gone on the right track here who, who's, who's going to be under center for them next year though it's very true. I'd assume Emory Jones, unless they bring bring someone else in. If Emory Jones is quarterback, they will not be this good. Maybe not this good, but I mean, Mullen will redesign the offense for him. He's got great dual threat ability, and the talent I think is going to. I mean, Florida's recruiting almost as well as Georgia is now. Um, so I mean, I think the talent level is going to be very similar regardless. I mean, yeah, they'll probably take a step back without Trask, but I agree with everything you said. But I also do think that. If you've got an Emory Jones offense, which is very run heavy, Georgia can stop that with their defense. Georgia got exposed because they throw it all over the place this year. And so, I don't know. Uh, I honestly think that the East, uh, Florida's obviously getting better, but I think that it's, it's going to become very wide open because I think Georgia's getting worse. Like, yeah, as not do so I. much that like Florida's great this year, but I don't know that they're going to be great long term. Yeah, I mean Georgia's just stuck in the QB situation hole that same thing Michigan's stuck in um, at least the past couple years before this year. Um, but yeah, I mean that's something you really yeah, Florida found their guy kind of in a odd kind of way last year, but I did something like that just kind of has to happen. Um, for you to find your guy because Georgia's rotated through a couple and they've all had sort of disappointing ends to their careers. But yeah, this this Florida team is elite. I I would put them in my playoff as of right now um, overall. Oh, we'll talk about that in a bit. And yes, I, I think they have to be in. They're too good. Mm-hmm. Even though with the loss to A&M, I just think you can't, can't keep a team this good out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may not be the most complete team, but I think they can hang with anybody just because of that offense. Yeah, um, 100%. They're, they're not the most complete team. Their defense is very mediocre. Yeah. Similarly, uh, Wisconsin made a very big statement on a national stage. Graham Mertz was back, but really didn't have nearly as good of a game as he did the first time. Um, being out with COVID probably contributed to that, but they really didn't need his services that much. I mean, the, the Badger defense was dominant. Uh, Michigan didn't have a single guy throw for over 100 yards, didn't run for over 50. It was a just absolute collapse. The worst game of Michigan season so far, which is saying a lot. Um, and, yeah, this – on one side, it might be the end of the Harbaugh era, but on the other side, you're looking at Wisconsin now. Uh, I mean, only two and zero, but they've 
in both their games, they've exceeded all expectations. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about their future later. But um, they showed this week they don't need Mertz to have a great game to win. They can still pound the rock, one for over 340 yards on the ground, which is what you typically see in Wisconsin. So you, you saw them get a bit back to their identity this week. Do you think that uh, there's a changing in the guard maybe ensuing in uh – in the Big Ten and that Wisconsin has a chance to become not necessarily long term but like maybe for the next two years the premier like after this year so Mertz is sophomore and junior year do you think that they, they could be the premier power in the uh, the Big Ten no I don't think so because they're never going to have the talent to be able to rival Ohio State and even this year I don't think they're going to come close to beating Ohio State just every time they play, Ohio State's speed and athleticism is on a different level, and OSU just gets big chunk plays that sort of turn the tide of the game, and they end up pulling away. Um, you know, Wisconsin always hangs tough, but I just, I this team, it's hard to say that this team is different from any of the teams they've had the past couple of years um, until you see them play some bigger games, such as this week's game that we'll talk about later, um, and they'll also take on Indiana later in the season as well. Um, but yeah, I. It's tough to call Wisconsin right now, especially only after two games. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a leap of faith, which I don't usually do, but I'm gonna say that uh, this Wisconsin team is it's different. I think that Wisconsin, while they may not have the talent, they have the team that can compete with Ohio State uh, uh, on uh, in in uh, Columbus, in Madison, on a neutral side, Indianapolis, wherever. They've just never had the quarterback since Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I think that Mertz has four games left this season or five before the championship game. It's four, I believe. Four. So he's got four games to get right. Yeah, four they, games. They should beat everyone else on their schedule. They don't have any tough tasks. They're, they'll be fine. They'll be favored in every game for sure. Yeah. So. Um, and they're, gonna, they're just going to overpower a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I think that it... Honestly, I think if you have a healthy Graham Mertz, they were up 21-7 at halftime last year's Big Ten Championship. Like, they, they had a relatively commanding lead that just Jack Cohn, you know, did Jack Cohn things and couldn't get it done. But mm-hmm. I think that th- there's a, a legitimate chance that, like, Graham Mertz could be that difference that not necessarily that they're better than Ohio State, but all of a sudden they, they, could, win a, they could win a Big Ten Championship game. Uh, that he he could be the difference so, solely because they're, they're not one-dimensional anymore yeah. with him it's just really tough for me to trust trust in another team besides ohio state after so many years of domination ohio state's beat wisconsin so many different times um and it's just it, it's real tough for me to doubt ohio state at this point especially when they still got fields and the the talent that they have i mean i'd love to see wisconsin win and shake things up i just I don't know. I'm a bit a uh, bit of a pessimist, a bit of a realist, and I I won't trust in the Badgers yet. But I mean, who knows? They could they could pull it off. This year could be. I mean, this year of all years would be the year where something crazy like that happens. Wisconsin makes the playoff, and you know. Got well, a, I don't think they'll win this year because of Fields, but yeah, I, I think that next year you could. I think you could seriously see uh, uh, a Wisconsin uh, a playoff appearance. Yeah. I definitely think so. Do we also do we want to talk about the state of the Michigan football program at all, or is that <laughs> worth talking well, about? The the state is uh, the, the state is not terrible. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the I state of Michigan football just in general. Yeah, is not good. that is also really bad. But uh, yeah, I don't know where to go from here. I think Harbaugh's probably as good as done. 
unless he he's going to the Jets. Yeah, unless he wins out. Oh, jeez, that would be that'd be brutal on both sides. <laughs> he has in the first half. If he does that, I mean, that would be the ultimate switch. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the, the thing about Michigan at this point, a lot of, I've seen a lot of Michigan fans talking about. You know, the personnel's there. It's 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 come down to the coaching and the schemes. It's just it's something's not clicking there anymore, and there's been enough time now to where I think they need to say goodbye to Harbaugh um, and start fresh. They're in a very similar situation to what Tennessee's in right now. They can't find their coach. Florida State really can't find their coach. Um, so I think it's I think it's about time to call it quits on the Harbaugh era. Um, there was there were some bright moments, but there were also there were also some moments, especially with the games against the rivals, that where you saw. Hmm, Harbaugh might not be able to take this team to the next level, and I, I think this year has proven that for sure. So. Do you think anything would have changed if uh, JT Barrett was ruled short on fourth down? Do you think anything changes no, in Harbaugh's career? In the long run, no, because I don't think... I mean, I he might not be getting fired this year because he'd at least have a win over Ohio State, but in the long run, I don't think Michigan would have, like gained anything from that um out, outside of that year i i don't think like i think ohio state would have beat them every other year outside of that yeah i know for sure but I, I just think i don't know having being able to say well i made the playoff that would be a big yeah i mean the perception around him would be completely different um i mean that's why that that spot in that game was so incredible and so important and it uh of course it, I, I mean as michigan fans will probably say of course they won against us so you know it's just that's just how it works. We are in a we are in an era of you know a couple dominant dynasties sort of sitting at the top, and some of the old dynasties are clawing their way back up the mountain, getting about halfway, and then falling right back down. Um, so hopefully one day some of these some of these powers will be able to make a uh, make a return to glory though, because college football is better when teams like Michigan, FSU, and Tennessee are are good for sure. Well, Michigan hasn't been good since uh, our great grandfathers were alive. So very true. Um, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, we should talk a a little bit more. There wasn't a lot of games around the country that were uh, uh, making a lot of headlines this week, but there was a big one in Will Muschamp getting fired. So um, yeah, he, well, along with Harbaugh, uh, Muschamp's the first one to go. Harbaugh probably be gone at the end of the season. I think Gus Malzahn will be gone at the end of the season. But do uh, you think Muschamp's going to get a new job anytime soon? Or well, I think he will. I think he's got enough defensive mind to where someone's going to look at him. Um, I don't know defensive where exactly. for Alabama? I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Saban just loves scooping up ex-coaches and toying around with them. But I, um, I, I feel like he'll get another job in the SEC, honestly, um, just because I think that's where he belongs. I think people respect him in the SEC a lot. But, I mean, I would love to see him go somewhere like the Big 12 or, you know, maybe even like the Pac-12 or something like that and see, you know, if he can take – because he is an elite defensive mind. If he can take that to one of those two places and really dominate things, you know, maybe that can earn him another head coaching job. Because, I mean, I assume the long run that's what he wants. It's probably not what he should want, but, you know – it's hard to tell someone not to, you know, shoot for, shoot for the stars. But I mean, he's he's now had two head coaching since neither have gone well. In his defense, at South Carolina, injuries played a huge factor. Lost a lot of close games, but also it was just he, offensively, this team was never, never really someone that you feared. Even when they had Debo Samuel and uh, Bentley, it was, 
it was just a lot of inconsistent up and down play. They were never able to really win many big games uh, outside of the Georgia game last year, um, which pretty much saved his job for one more year. But yeah, I I think it, it was definitely time for them to make a move. Yeah, I mean, it the the writing was on the wall, and it had been for a while. Um, they were they were scram- he was scrambling for anything uh, to to try and find answers to keep his job. Um, but I, I think you're right. He definitely will find a job in the SEC. I think it would be interesting if he went to the Big 12, though. I don't know where he would fit in in the Big 12. Uh, you know, like, uh, OU recently hired Alex Grinch. Texas hired a new defensive coordinator this year. Oklahoma State has a new defensive coordinator. Yeah. And I think any other team would be beneath him. Yeah, probably. So uh, I think he will find his way back. I, I think he's going to be an analyst for Alabama for a <laughs> year. Uh, and then he'll find a gig after that, but I think that's going to be the next step in Butch the, Jones uh, still hasn't found a gig after then, which is weird. Yeah, but... I don't know. Yeah. Butch Jones is Butch Jones. He's he's just... Everywhere he goes seems to blow up, maybe even more than Muschamp. Mm-hmm. You, well, um... You also wanted to talk about the, uh... The American, yes. yes. Uh, the Golden Hurricane, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... The proud institution that employs my father. Uh, that they're ranked for the first time since 2010, and they're uh, amping up for a showdown with Cincinnati, mm-hmm. the final league of the season. Yeah, as long as they survive, uh, Tulane, Tulane, right? and then Tulane at Houston, Houston, and they'll get a they'll get a primetime matchup on December 4th with Cincinnati at home, and then potentially. Um, could get to play them two weeks in a row, assuming they don't lose any other games. Because, I mean, Tulsa and Cincinnati now have a two-game lead on every other team in the American. So, assuming they don't both implode, uh, they will be meeting two weeks in a row in December. Yeah, they um, both own the tiebreakers with the good teams. So Yeah, the, the, the problem for Cincinnati is that the same thing happened last year. They played Memphis two weeks in a row, and they lost both games. Uh, um, they're not going to lose to Tulsa twice. Yes, but even if they lose to them once, I mean, that ruins that, pretty much yeah, everything they wanted everything. to do because BYU would probably take the New Year's Six spot, um, yeah. you know, at, even outside of a playoff conversation. So it's going to be tough because this is a very sneaky good Tulsa team. I mean, they were down 24-7 to against SMU, um, I believe, at halftime. And their then, defense is so good. And their defense is really good, especially, you know, holding holding SMU to zero points in the second half, not an easy task. Um, you know, you've got an experienced quarterback in Zach Smith who – doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, uh, makes he makes decisions. a lot of mistakes. In the first quarter, he throws an yes. interception a week. But he clutched up in the fourth quarter. He did play and really that's well in the matters. fourth quarter. Uh-huh. But their defense, there's an outside linebacker. He's from Hominy, Oklahoma. Podunk Town. And that dude is going to go in the first two rounds of the NFL draft probably. Zayvon Collins, he's so good. Mm-hmm. Game-stealing interception. Just want to give him a little bit of love. Uh but yeah, I think I think honestly the American Championship will be very interesting mm-hmm. because if Cincinnati wins the final game of the season, assuming they win this week too, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But if they're undefeated and they're playing for 13-0 and then you've got the SEC Championship with Bama and and uh, Florida and then you've got the ACC Championship, the Notre Dame-Clemson rematch and then you've got uh, the Big Ten Championship with an undefeated Wisconsin and an undefeated Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the most uh, playoff implications we've ever had on a championship Saturday. Yeah. The Big 12 and Pac-12 would just be kind of sitting there, but, you know, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're out of the conversation. I mean, Oregon would be trying to go undefeated, and, you know, maybe if some things happen for them, they can make it. But Do you think they get in over Cincinnati? 
And yes, I think there's more respect. I mean, I think it depends on how both of them play in their final stretch of the season. You know, if if one team is blowing people out and the other team just winning a couple of close games, then I think that makes a big difference. But um, I think a little bit more respect would be given towards Oregon, not even just because they're power five, just because the talent and how they finished last year. Um, I think it depends. I think Oregon as a team should get better as the year goes on, just because Tyler uh, Shug is going to get um, more experience with each game. But yeah, it, it, it that would be a tough call. That four spot is going to be a really tough call this year, um, depending on how things play out with Florida, Notre Dame, um, Texas A&M, Cincinnati as well. So it's going to be the most exciting finish we've had, I think, since the playoffs uh, beginning. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully so. That would reward us for um, dealing with COVID. Jeez. Yeah, reward us for 2020 as a whole, but also you know all the cancellations and postponements. You know, hopefully we get some big games at the end of the year. But um, yeah, now we we can also go ahead nail down our players of the week from last week. Um, There's three obvious answers. Yeah, I mean Trask is an obvious answer. Matt Corral is also an obvious answer. That those two played. Well, lights out. Um, who else Howell. were you referencing? Yeah, Sam Howell. Sam Howell went nuts. And then Elijah Moore had a great game, too. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would probably... I, Trask is the obvious answer. He definitely deserves it. I think both of us would answer that. Um, but Sam Howell was virtually unstoppable, and they the thing was UNC needed him to be unstoppable to win that game over Wake, and he... Very you know, true. He, he Very led true. that comeback almost... I mean, not single-handedly, but he was the driving force in it, so... Uh, I'll I'll tab how it was mine just because that was an incredible comeback performance late. Yeah, and since we're doing that, I, and then uh, if we're gonna we're gonna stay away, obviously Trask, like you said, is the offense answer. So we can we can give other people love. I, I'll go with uh, uh, I'll, I'll go with Corral. Um, he he's just quietly like, and everyone knows Lane Kiffin's offense is gonna they're gonna score points and they're gonna run it up, but. He's week in week out. He he's doing some spectacular things, and so I mean, they. I think at one point they were. It was it was pretty close with the South Carolina game, um, and that he just mm-hmm. did some stuff, and they pulled away. There was an epic highlight where he threw the what ninety six yard touchdown. It was like ninety one yards. Yeah. Ninety one yard touchdown, and Kiffin threw his his. Uh, play sheet up in this uh in the air it was pretty cool yeah. I mean, but um it's yeah. the it's the typical guy that kiffin would have at quarterback it's really interesting coming into the season you know a lot of people expected john rice Plumley to have the breakout year um but i mean Crowell's definitely out coming out of high school was the way more talented passer he just needed an offense that sort of suited him he's got plenty of great weapons around him elijah moore is going to be a nfl draft pick for sure um, yes when he comes out so um, I, everything is clicking for Ole Miss, at least on that side of the ball right now. And, you know, I think with him on their center, they're a very deadly team. Unfortunately, the A&M game got postponed this weekend. I was really looking forward to that one. Um, but they'll be able to host Mississippi State and play at LSU. They could potentially win both of those games and finish over 500. And this season, finishing over 500, that is a major success for Lane Kiffin, for sure. So I think it's going to be nothing but uh, positivity in Oxford by the end of the year. Yeah, no, it, the future is definitely bright. It looked like Mississippi State had the bright future week one, but we've mm-hmm. seen a few more games played out, and uh, it looks like uh, the Rebels made the right hire. So, uh, playoff rankings. I think, I don't know if you have a shakeup, but I have a shakeup, so we're going to bring it back. Mm-hmm. 
Um, for me, not not necessarily. I I still like Bam at one. I'll I'll still I forget if I put no. I I think I put Notre Dame at two last week. Yes, and then Ohio State, and then um, I think I'll put Florida four for now because I want to see Clemson play again, um, especially when Trevor's back, and see you know are they maybe a tier below. Notre Dame and Alabama in them this year. Um, and Florida just looks so unstoppable. It's hard to not put them in the top four. So I'll slide Florida, Florida in at fourth. All right. So I'm going to go Alabama number one, Florida number two, and then I'm going to have Ohio State at three. Or, sorry, Notre Dame at three, Ohio State at four. But I still think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame, so that that will change at the end of the season. But right now, that's what I would have it at. Yeah. So um, what is what is your defense for Florida being so high? What what is my defense for Florida being so high? Is because I don't think that there's anybody in the country that could keep them under forty points. Yeah. I I, I, I do not think that team exists. And someone some some yeah. wise guys can be like, hey, it's the Texas A and M Aggies. No, this is if they played right now. Florida would score 50 points. Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, I think the only way that they really get slowed down is if they stop themselves with either turnovers, penalties, or, you know, just some uncharacteristic mistakes. Because, yeah, there hasn't been anything to suggest that they're going to, um, that they're going to be stopped by anybody. I mean, the, the lowest points they scored this year was, um, it, it was 38 twice against South Carolina and AM. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to put 40 up on the rest of their schedule at least easy. So, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the better it, it's interesting that it's florida and that this offense is so um so similar to what you know steve spurrier used to do you know um what was what was his offense called again i forget the fun and I, fun and gun or something like the, that the run and gun it was something like that i'm gonna look it up because it's annoying me but it, it's very similar to that what they're doing right now um and yeah it's 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 hard to go against them right now but yeah, I I can understand your the pick is them in second. Yeah, fun and gun. There we go. Yeah, that's um, that's they're fun and gunning it right now for sure. So, <laughs> but yes, now we will uh, move into next week, which has a lot more, um, a lot more headliners this week. A couple of ranked matchups. A lot is on the line for some conference championship implications. The Big Ten, we're pretty much going to know what the conference championship is going to be after this week. Um, so definitely buckle up for this weekend. Um, we'll be kicked off at uh, noon Eastern on Saturday with Indiana versus Ohio State. The upstart Hoosiers going into Columbus, do they have a chance? I think not. Uh, yeah, they don't, but they have a chance to keep it to two scores. I'll say that. I don't know if they'll get blown out. Yeah, I just I, I consider this one of those times where, you know, there's – a lot of times the past couple of years there's been you know some challenger in the big 10 that emerges each year that people are hyping up to beat ohio state sometimes it's wisconsin michigan michigan state um whoever it may be and ohio state really kind of silences them i think this is going to be a case of that i think indiana indiana can maybe hang around early but i think the talent disparity i think indiana's inexperience of playing in a game um, of this magnitude is going to play a factor and i think late osu just pulls away uh, easily um, in their big this is also Ohio State's biggest game of the year you know Indiana's not going to catch them sleeping I don't think either yeah um, 
I there Ohio State's not gonna lose this game. That I would be in complete shock if it was even uh, less than ten point game. They'll they'll pull away at the end uh, in my mind, like you said. Um, but I I still think Indiana is hiring, but I think Wisconsin is gonna give Ohio State one heck of a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is gonna be their little warm up, I think, uh, for both teams really, because Wisconsin has a good game against. Uh, uh, Northwestern this week, and we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, Michael Penix is good. Indiana's good. This is the best start they've had in years. I mean, Forever, it's, pretty it's much. Probably their highest ranking ever. Yeah. Um. So it it's a great story. It's a feel good story. But it's it's gonna come to an end this week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And the thing about I mean, Indiana, no matter what, has nothing other than to be proud of what they've done so far. Um. You know. Um, Tom Allen has really taken one of the toughest jobs in the country and rebuilt this program into something respectable. Um, and even after this Ohio State game, they're going to play P- Purdue and Maryland at home, two probable wins, and then the Wisconsin game, probably a toss-up in Madison on the road as of right now. But, you know, finishing at 6-2, and 7-1 and one would just be incredible for playing th- the schedule that they had first off and then also just in a short year like this. Um, with a team that was not expected to do anything nearly as well. So definitely a lot of credit has to go out to Indiana, but it's just they're, they're not going to be on Ohio State's level yet, for sure. Yeah, that's that's about all you can say for that one. Um, and then the other side, the Big Ten West, also more than likely be determined this weekend. Um, another case, Upstart Northwestern will be hosting uh, the favorite Wisconsin, you know, the Wildcats surprised a lot of people coming off their worst season under Pat's, Pat Fitzgerald. Started out four and zero. They're like really good now after being horrible. Yeah, I mean the, the thing is they haven't. They, have, they don't have a signature win, but I mean a quality win, blowout win over Maryland to open the season. Winning it at Iowa was not easy, and then winning at Purdue last week is not necessarily easy. Those, Purdue and Iowa are both good wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean the, the the other thing is that this Wisconsin game is probably you know outside of Wisconsin they're going to take on Michigan State, Minnesota, Illinois. You know this is their biggest game of the season. This is what they're getting up for each year. Um, last season Wisconsin embarrassed them at Madison. You know revenge could be on their minds as well. Uh, so I, I, I typically um, any game involving these two um, is a sort of slugfest, sloppier game, defensive battle. I think it'll be similar to that this year. Um, but I, I still I like Wisconsin to come out with a comfortable win, at least by seven, ten points. Oh, I think, but more than that. Yeah, I think they'll just they'll just run it down Northwestern's throat, and they'll just be bigger than them and out physical them. Uh, I think they win by. 14 maybe 17 points mm-hmm. so yeah i think the only way northwestern really because i don't think northwestern's gonna be able to run the ball i think the only way they really have a shot at winning this game is if peyton ramsey plays you know a really really great game um which you know he showed flashes of doing in the past especially against some big time opponents while he was at indiana uh it's, just, it's gonna take something along those lines for them to be able to have a shot to win this game in the fourth quarter um so we will see. I'm eager to see Graham Mertz in this situation as well. Um, potentially, you could argue the best defense he's played this year. Well, actually, yes, I'd, I'd probably be a fact, the best defense he's played this year. So it'll be a good test for him as you know they enter their closing stretch of the season, even though they've only played two games. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, after this weekend, we'll more than likely be looking at an Ohio State-Wisconsin Big Ten title game to look forward to towards the end of the year. 
Indeed. Mm-hmm. Business as usual for the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. Um, we will uh, we'll touch on the big one in a second, but uh, the American has a very important game this year or this week. Um, usually, at least the past two years, the game of the year in the conference, but um, UCF has been very, very strange this season. Um, really good, but at the same time, really not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they will now, but they'll get a shot to redeem themselves uh, hosting Cincinnati. Last time the Bearcats came in uh, to Orlando, uh, they got smacked under the lights back when UCF was elite. Cincinnati was still sort of rising up as a program. Bearcats did beat them last year. Revenge could be on UCF's mind um, since he's only favored by six as well. Um, and ESPN even gives UCF a greater chance to win this game. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. But I, I've doubted Cincinnati a lot, especially when they played Memphis and SMU. I'm not going to doubt them as hard in this game, but I don't think they're going to be able to do what they did to those two teams, to UCF. I think Dylan Gabriel is just different. This offense is just different. Playing in the bounce house, no matter how many fans are there, is always just gives them an extra jolt of energy. Um, I think UCF is going to put up some points on Cincinnati, and I think a lot's going to be on Desmond Ritter's shoulders this week to uh, outscore Dylan Gabriel. Um, I think they can, and I'm going to say that they will, but I would not be surprised if UCF pulled it off. It's one of those games that it's it, it's just built like a trap because you're like, this is the one thing that, like, okay, UCF's offense or defense is horrible, but, like, they, they can score a lot of points, and that's the one thing that could bite Cincinnati is if there's finally a team that could crack their defense – and the more you see it, the more you're pro- more people are probably realizing SMU's offense is good, but against the two best defenses in the American, they've struggled. And I don't U- UCF Tulsa shut them out in the second half too, which is kind of like a little weird because maybe they can be contained, but I don't know. I just I I think Cincinnati's gonna win, like you said, but. It, there's just a part of me that's like, this is this is the perfect trap game. Yeah, I think the thing is, you know, potentially what it is for Cincinnati, it might be a win-win situation for Tulsa with this game because if Cincinnati loses, that'll give Tulsa a leg up on them. But if they're able to win this game and do the same thing that they did in Memphis and SMU. Maybe that means that Cincinnati is just meant to beat those types of high-powered teams. And the good news for Tulsa is they're not one of those teams. Maybe if you pit another defensive-minded um, yeah. team against them, maybe that's the type of team that's going to beat Cincinnati. So I think we'll know a lot. Tulsa will know a lot after this week. Um, they could beat Tulane, though. Tulane beat Army this week. So, they, Yeah, I think yeah, Tulsa's still got – Tulsa's very well – they've played a lot of close games. They very well could they lose They only a game. play close yeah, games. So, but, yeah, I, I'll, I'll take Cincinnati, but I would not be the least bit surprised if UCF was able to win this game um, just because the, they're still – UCF probably, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is still the most talented team in the conference, and um, I think that that'll show this weekend. Um, but we will save the most time to talk about – um, something near and dear to your heart, my heart as well in some ways. But uh, every every year, it's the annual heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Bedlam has has come back to grace us with its presence, um, and you know it's 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 another year of Oklahoma State could win, maybe should win, they won't win, but they won't win because it is. because that's what that's what they do and that's what Oklahoma does to them. 
Um, it's, I mean, it, it, game's in Norman. Oklahoma's favored by seven. ESPN FBI has them favored 75% to 25%. It's, uh, even ESPN knows what's going to happen. I just, I can't, I can't trust Oklahoma State to win this game after looking poor against Texas at times. Kansas State game, they really didn't look that great. There hasn't been a game this year, really, that I've looked at Oklahoma State and been like, that is an elite football team. Iowa State. Iowa State game, they only won 24-21. Offense really didn't play that great. Um, they shut them down. And they didn't Yeah, turn I mean, the over. defense looked good at times, but... Tulsa, backup quarterback, beat a top 25 team. It was 13-7, 16-7. I don't count that, no matter if it is a top 25 team. <laughs> but regardless... Let's focus on the X's and O's of this game. What what does Oklahoma State need to do to win this game is the big question because that's that's the question that faces them every if year. If they turn it over two or less times, they'll win. You think? Yes, they're so much better. That shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't, but it's incredibly hard for Spencer Sanders. He is incapable of turning it over less than three times a game. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the first thing that needs to happen is just Oklahoma State needs to. Get Oklahoma. It's similar. A lot of rivalries across the country have the same thing, where one side just mentally dominates the other side, and they don't. They just don't believe that they can win, and they always find a way to lose. Florida did to Tennessee for so many years. Florida also did to Kentucky. Ohio Ohio State's currently doing it to Michigan. Um, it's just it, this is similar. It's it's such a mental edge that Oklahoma has over them because they expect to win every year, and Oklahoma State comes in every year saying. Is this going to be another just disappointment where we lose a heartbreaker? I mean, Oklahoma State last year, the game wasn't that close. But I mean, the couple of years before that, each game was really close. But it was just Oklahoma had just enough more to win it. So I really don't know. Uh, Oklahoma's looked great ever since um, those back-to-back losses early in the season. I mean, you could argue no team has looked better than them um, in terms of margin of victory and how hot the offense has been but um this will be the best defense they've played all year this is going to be a really good measuring stick for spencer radler as well in his progression uh, so it's i don't know it's tough to call i mean i'm calling oklahoma for right now because that's just the safe option it's logical but uh come saturday i'll convince myself that the cowboys have a chance and uh and I'll, I'll tell myself, maybe this is the year. You know, why, why not? Defense is great. All he has to do is not turn it over three times, and they'll probably yeah. win. I think the other thing is going to be, you know, if they can, because Chuba's had a couple of tough weeks um, the past couple weeks, and I think if if he can get going, if he can break off a couple big runs, that could really even things out, you know, either with if they turn the ball over, if Oklahoma against some explosive plays and just the sort of momentum they might have in Norman. Um, you know, if Chuba can get some of those explosive plays that we, we were used to seeing last year, you know, that could even things out, take some pressure off Sanders. You know, you make the Sooners load the box and then... Everybody loads the box against him. That's why Sanders throws for 250, 300 yards. Because everybody loads the box. Yes, but he, Lot- sh- he should also have better decision-making when they do load the box the problem as well. Yeah, because he, he thinks he's really cool. Yeah, and the, the, the thing is, Oklahoma's defense has done a lot better job of getting turnovers the year has gone on. That's, yeah, but they're horrible. Yeah, so- when their defense is at their best, though, and when Oklahoma's winning games is when they get turnovers. And that's what they've been doing the past couple weeks. Yeah, but they're horrible. But, like- I mean, if they do that this week, they're going to usually win. Yeah, 
but their defense is also horrible. Like, this is the one time you could sack the box and Chuba could still run 70 yards. And people people are mean to Chuba. Like, they're like, oh, he's having such a down year after last year. The man still is averaging five yards a carry against seven-man, eight-man boxes most of the time. So, I just, I don't want to hear it. It reminds me a little bit of what happened to Bryce Love after his breakout year. He, he of course, had some injuries that nagged him and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, a bit of a bit of a letdown year after that. Hopefully, Chuba picks it back up. You know, I for the Big 12's sake and for the sake of, you know, everybody's sanity, I kind of do hope Oklahoma State wins this week, gives us someone new. Um, you know, an Oklahoma State win would also more than likely eliminate Oklahoma from the Big 12 title game. They're, yeah, they're done. Yeah, so I mean, that it's weird to say, but Oklahoma State could effectively, I mean, this could be the knife in the throat to Oklahoma delivered by their rival, winning Bedlam and kicking them out of the Big 12 title game for the first time and I mean, since the title game became a thing. No, um, no, well, yeah. Well, it had its, well, it, it, it was a thing, then it wasn't, and then it became a thing again when they yeah, realized they, they needed one. I was going to say, the, no, yeah, they've always played in it. Yeah, they play since it got restarted. Oklahoma's yeah. always played in it. So I mean, it it could be one of the biggest wins in Oklahoma State history if they're able to pull this off on the road. I just it's it's just the mental the mental edge that Oklahoma's over them that I just I can't get past. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to the turnovers because I I think Oklahoma State's gonna outgain them. Oh, they have the best defense in the conference, one of the better defenses in the country, and they have. Uh, an explosive offense that, despite turning it over a million times, is if Chuba's healthy and Tylen Walsh is healthy, which they did not have last week, which people were dogging them because they, they played K-State so close, but they they didn't have Chuba. He got hurt in the middle of the game. He was trying to play hurt, and he just couldn't. They had to go to L.D. Brown. And Wallace wasn't active because of a, a, a tweak or something in practice. So that, that really limits the options. And if both those guys play, they're probably going to have 400 to 500 yards of offense. And their defense should slow OU down enough to win. Now, if they keep giving OU short fields where they're going to start drives on the 30, then they'll lose. But uh, they're going to win by seven. Oklahoma State is? Or they Oklahoma? are. They're going to win by seven. Uh, I mean, I sure hope so, but I just have doubts. I have doubts with... OSU as a whole as a program but I mean this is it's, it's also really a make or break game for you know the, this season also is really so hyped up for Oklahoma State coming into the year because they just had you know Chuba and Wallace were coming back Spencer Sanders was entering um, you know well, his second year as a full time starter um, people were looking at this as being you know this is the year they're going to put it all together defensively they returned almost everybody so I mean I, losing this game I think essentially it is definitely a disappointment year if they do so I think there's just a lot riding on this one. I'm very excited to watch it under the lights in Norman. Bedlam's always incredibly fun. Um, and the matchups also, I mean, in general, have are usually more entertaining in Norman as well. Um, like when Corndog went up there a couple of years ago and almost took them down, that was um, an incredible game. But The most entertaining one was in Stillwater, though, the Baker Mayfield-Mason Rudolph one. Yeah, well, in terms of just offensive play, yes, but it wasn't close coming down to the end because yes, it was. Oklahoma held at least Oklahoma held a one-score lead with the ball for pretty much the entire game. They would have a one-score lead and get the ball back. They were up three with a minute left, and Oklahoma State was driving. I don't recall. And Mason Rudolph overthrew Tyron Johnson. 
I recall. Broke my heart. <laughs> I, I assume Watched that ball. I thought it was a touchdown when it came out of his hand. Mm-hmm. Well, and went full surrender Cobra in the stands. Hopefully it is a, hopefully it's not similar situation this weekend. Um, yeah, that, uh, about wraps up all the games we wanted to cover for this week. A uh, fairly loaded slate, but um, we'll go ahead and do some quick picks as well, just for some of the uh, other underlying games. Uh, Pac-12 has got two decent matchups. Is uh, is USC finally going to not have to come back in the fourth quarter and use a heroic performance from Keaton Slovis? Uh, yeah, Utah's bad. I mean, Utah hasn't <laughs> played a, not good. Utah hasn't played a game yet, so we can't really know. Yeah, but they're not. Kyle Whittington, Whittingham always has a way of surprising people. Even if they aren't great, I still think they're going to be better than expected. I think they're really going to challenge USC. Um, and I honestly, I'll pick. Actually, I'll wait no, on that. You're smarter than that. Don't do that. No, I'll wait on it because there's still an upset pick to come. And I'm considering them greatly with my upset pick. Um, but yeah, you, you like USC still, of course. You have faith in them for whatever reason. They- Utah's not good. US- Arizona State was good. USC is not a trustworthy team at all. But you're- Utah's not good. Okay, you're telling me Arizona's good? Uh, Arizona's not good. Utah, Arizona State is good. Right. Utah's not good, though. Well, they also almost lost to Arizona last week. I, I know, but they got um, out of the system. All right, and then the uh, the fighting Chip Kellys will be traveling to Eugene for... Wait, give me pause. Yes. Round of applause. They won a game. Just... Yeah, they really did win a game. And, and over a good Cal team, too, and in blowout fashion. Typical UCLA to go out week one, let up 49 to Colorado, and then let up, like, I, I think it was 10 to Cal last week. Very strange, but I think it proves that this UCLA team does have a pretty high ceiling, especially offensively. DTR had a great game. Um, I could see them coming in and challenging Oregon. I think Oregon this year is not a team that's going to blow people out. I think they're going to maybe do what they did last week against Washington State, you know, play a tight game early need a lot to really pull away late i can see ucla hanging in there um it's just really tough to win in eugene even without fans it's just different up there oregon plays a lot better at home um so i'll take the ducks but not by not by a huge margin i don't think i think it goes better for chip kelly than it did the first time he came back to eugene for sure uh like yeah I mean, Pac-12 expert over here. Court yeah, I'm not. Just... I'm not the greatest guy to talk Pac-12 with, but I do know one thing: Chip Kelly is a bad football coach, and he's going to win some games, but he's playing the best team in the conference, and he's going to lose because, well, he's a bad football coach, mm-hmm. and uh, that is in-depth Pac-12 analysis from yours truly. Great Vincent. Good job. Good job. So proud. Um, <laughs> The battle for the Golden Boot this year is very strange. For the first time in a very long time, Arkansas is a favorite and a, like, hefty favorite. I don't know many people that would be picking LSU to beat Arkansas this year, um, which sounds just so strange to say. What if I told you that six months ago? I I mean, I wouldn't have believed you because Arkansas, I mean, that wouldn't have made sense. I would have thought it was a joke. Um, But, yeah, now it's... Now we're looking at Arkansas favored by only one point, which is criminal, to be honest. I, Vegas doesn't terrible. respect the Hawks. They really don't. They never will, honestly. But I like Arkansas to win this game by 10, 14, 14. probably. Yeah. I think I just – LSU's reeling. I just I, – I, I wonder if they've given up on the season at this point. 
Arkansas still playing for a lot. Like they are, they're giving their hearts out every single game. They're going to put everything out there. They could go to a good bowl. They've got a big time. You're talking, they're playing their rivals LSU this week. They're going to play Missouri next week in a big rivals. rivalry game. And then they're going to take host Alabama to end the year. If they go two and three in those games, more two than one, two, two and two and one, two, <laughs> two out of three is what the term would be, I suppose. But two out of three is assuming they lose to Bama. But if you can win those two rivalry games, play Bama close. You're looking at a 500 finish of the season, which is way above what everybody thought they'd do. A, Sam Pittman's first year is about as impressive as you could have coming into the situation that he had. Um, and you're going to own wins over Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU. and Mississippi State. And then also probably your two rivals if they're able to win that. So it's it's been a really great thing to see Arkansas come out like this. Nobody expected this. Um but yeah, I think they've got the defense to uh, they've got the defense to really shut down LSU like some I'm teams serious. have done the past couple years. I don't think LSU will score fourteen points. Really? Jeez, it's yeah, their big. offense is horrible. It's without not Miles that Brennan. bad. Yeah, I mean, if they had Brennan, it would be so different because Brennan actually no, is a really good quarterback. Brennan is a dude. Like he's good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think looked good that first game, but it was against South Carolina, right? Yeah. So it, now we know South Carolina is the biggest joke in the SEC. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, I apologize, Vanderbilt. I didn't mean to. Encroaching your territory, um, but oh, and Mississippi State too. I, I just take back with my I rescind that statement. There's many others. Uh, there are a lot of jokes in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they've been bad since then. Without Brennan, LSU is before they were just kind of like Ole Miss. Now now they're just a poor man's. Just they're bad. They're yeah. just not good. I think a lot a lot of the LSU hate this year is a little bit unfounded just because of Brennan's injury. Things would be a lot different. But I mean I also just think And they graduated like Yeah, the defense the defense starters. is just not nearly the same. It's gonna take some time for them to get back to near what they had. Um so we'll see. The problem is the SEC is getting those those top teams. Florida's now moving past them. Auburn more than likely moving past them. You're having Ole Miss creeping up, Arkansas creeping up, you know. Last year might have been, you know, the sort of perfect storm for LSU to really um, get their championship and then head out. But we uh, we shall see. Um, another game, uh, big one, biggest game of the year in the Sun Belt. There's Chanticleers, man. Chanticleers, ranked number 15 in the country, undefeated, will host Appalachian State, uh, who sits at 6-1 and one after that loss on the road to a very good Marshall team. Nothing to really scoff at there. And, you know, this is, this is going to be Coastal Carolina's probably toughest game of the year. Um, I I know what you're thinking. Oh, Sean's a clears all day. Sean clears by a billion. You're gonna be upset with me, but I'm gonna have to pick Appalachian State. You're really you're really killing this mojo of us being a Sean Clears podcast. Uh, you can be a Sean Clears podcast. I, I'm gonna be. I'm a Sean Clears stan. I'm gonna look at the past, like literally ever since Appalachian State has come into this conference and how dominant they've been and how quietly they still have a great team this year. They have Zach Thomas, who's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the country, um, with a great with a solid team around him. Um, they've been very they've been hot the past couple of games after that Marshall loss. I think they're gonna go in um and take down take down the mighty Chanticleers. Um in, in a in a close game for sure, but I think they make their they make their presence felt, reminds everybody who the big dog is in the Sun Belt. Um, the big dog is the tiny little birds from yeah. Carolina. So and the problem the problem is with this game is that these two can't meet each other in their championship game. The Louisiana's already clinched the other side, so whoever wins this game 
will be taking on Louisiana. So this this has a lot of conference championship implications as well. Let me tell you why the Chanticleers are going to win. Can you name me a player on their team, by the way, if you love no, them so much? No, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can only name one player in Ave State. It's Zach Thomas. So mm-hmm. uh, I can only name one player on Louisiana. It's Levi Lewis. So, yeah. you know, there's that. Um, let me tell you why the Chanticleers are going to win. Uh, here's the thing. That they're undefeated to this point. And yeah, yeah, yeah. App State, tough loss, one score to Marshall. Marshall's good. We've established Marshall's good. In any other year, Marshall might be vying for a New Year's Six Bowl, but the group of five is loaded this year. And you know why the group of five is so loaded this year? Because you got teams like Coast Carolina. Uh, I think that, that this is... I'm not even going to give you football reasons. It's just they're a team of destiny. Like, they just keep winning. That that game against Louisiana kicked a 50-yard field goal with, like, a kicker. Like, he'd never hit anything remotely close to that far, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And he nailed it. They, they are a team of destiny. They have a cool mascot. A few years ago, they won the College World Series. This is the year that they're going to make some noise in football and they're going to establish themselves as the third power in the Sun Belt and it starts right now. They're going to they're going to beat the perennial power of the Sun Belt and just here come here come the little the fighting little birds. The Chanticleers they're they're I don't even know what App State's mascot is, but it's not as cool as a Chanticleer. Yeah. I mean, Mountaineers isn't super original either with West Virginia and um, some others. So I mean, yeah, you can they at least win the mascot battle for sure. So they've got that. Um, but yeah, speaking of some of those other loaded uh, group of five teams, uh, Liberty is going to have another shot on the road against an ACC team. Already passed their test against Virginia Tech. Um, offensively, Liberty, you know, I haven't been playing the same opponents, but they've looked just as good as Florida, Bama has in their games. I mean, they're averaging 40 a game. Um, really been lighting up the scoreboard and the stat sheet. Malik Willis, I'm going to say it right now, he's a Lamar Jackson type dude. Like, he is he is that type of athlete playing quarterback. I mean, he's – you hate throwing out the word, you know, running back playing quarterback because he's also – he's had a lot of great passes this year too. But, I mean, he is just so tough to handle in the open field. Um, NC, State's, NC State is actually a very good team. I think offensively they can keep up with Liberty. I think it might be a shootout. But I'm going to take the Flames again on the road. Uh, the fighting Hugh Freezes, they're going to run the table mm-hmm. until he leaves for South Carolina. Yeah. So. Well, he did just get – the problem is he did just get a contract extension, I'm pretty sure. But I don't think that – That's that not will... going to deter him from going back to the SEC. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Um, uh, also – uh, the quarterback of the Chanticleers' name is Grayson McCall, and he's thrown 16 touchdowns to one interception this year. So, there you me. go. Now you got someone to cheer Completes for. Completes 69% of his passes. Elite. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so we'll uh, I'll wrap up some of our quick picks for the week. Oh, no. You want your Liberty pick? Yeah, I assume you're I taking Liberty, Liberty, right? Too. I figured yeah. you're just you're just in love with the group of five as a whole this dude, year, dude. I'm not a big group of five guy. Like I'm always over here, and I'm I'm like it's a joke. Like they could never compete with the power five, but this year it's fun and they're good, and so I'm all in. Like yeah. give me all the BYU. I, I just agree. want it. Uh, just, just give it to me. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm gonna have an upset pick for the week. I. I mean, I'm gonna pick that Utah game. I would also look at UCF over Cincinnati, but I'm 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 really liking the Utah game. Salt Lake is just a really tough place to play, especially Rice Rice Cycle Stadium is one of the best venues in the country. 
again, no fans, but you know, it's it's still tough to win there. And I think I think the Utes are going to get it done in their first game of the year. Um, I'm going to go Tennessee over Auburn. Yeah. Why? Huh? Why? Because I think Auburn's a fraud. And I think Tennessee's a fraud, but I have a vendetta against Auburn this year, so I'm gonna ride with that. Fair enough. Just when they win. I mean, the last time Tennessee did go to Auburn, they won as an underdog. So. And I think Auburn is the biggest fraud in college football. Tennessee is not horrible. They blew a big lead to Arkansas. Tennessee's just a quarterback away from being a decent team. And they have a quarterback. No, they don't. Well, Harrison Bailey's supposed to be good. Hey. Eventually, it's not going to be good right now, though. He's been thrown in the fire halfway through the year on a very dysfunctional organization. Yeah. Remember when Garantano looked, like, really good week one and two? That was weird. I do recall that. that I was, was I was buying his stock. I was, Yeah, as was I. I thought this was the year he was going to put it all together, and then that just it did not happen. It was not destiny. Um, Feels yeah. like 98, man. Not at all. But okay. <laughs> I wish it did. Um, lock of the week. I um, I have got, got a weird one. <laughs> All right. Well, you go with yours first because I had, I might have the easiest pick ever. Florida minus thirty one and a half against Vanderbilt. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. I think they went by fifty. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I don't think. I mean, they're gonna at least put up forty five, and Vandy's probably not gonna score more than like fourteen. I don't know. I mean. Shoot your shot, I guess. I can understand that one, but such a large number, it, I, that just scares me. Ah, um, going with it. I've got probably the easiest money anybody's going to make all week. Washington State is at Stanford, and they are a two-and-a-half-point underdog, which is just preposterous because Washington State's actually a pretty good team. I really love Jacob Delora. I think he's going to be elite in the future. Just, I think he's going to be the next great one, uh, quarterback of Washington State. I think he's already going to put up great numbers this year. Um, and I just think Stanford is... I, they they played Colorado close last week. I just I still don't. I still see a lot of issues with this program as a whole. Not even for just this year, but in the future. So I, Washington State, I think is easily going to win by at least a touchdown and cover those points mm. with relative ease. I don't buy Washington State stock, but again, not the biggest Pac-12 guy. Mm. But I know a fraud when I see one. The Auburn Tigers. That's a fraud. If they win this week, if they like blow out Tennessee, if are you going to say Gus keeps his job, I will, I will do something stupid because I think that that. Okay, but you realize all he's got is opportunities down the stretch of the season to keep his job. You know, if they beat Tennessee, they're going to play at Alabama, then host A and M. Yeah, wins one, win one of those games, he's keeping his job. You think they were going to win one of those games? I, I mean, legitimately, I could see them being. They should have lost to Ole Miss and Arkansas. He should already be out of a job. Yeah, but. I could, I could see him. The weirdest part is that they lost to South Carolina. I actually completely forgot about that. God, that was so they weird. They did? Yeah, remember? That's they lost my memory. In Columbia, in that weird game. Yeah, I don't That's know. That's how they have two wins, Vanderbilt and, and uh, Auburn. Auburn? That's how bad Auburn is. Mm-hmm. See? I don't know. I've been saying this. I mean, They're people, horrible. we could we could be buying it at Auburn too much for that LSU win when LSU really isn't that good. Who no. knows? Well, uh, uh, we'll mm-hmm. learn a lot from Auburn. Yeah. Auburn does have a way. Malazan. Fraught. He has a way of surprising people, though, especially when they least expect it. If they go into Tuscaloosa and win. You're right, though. Bonex is really good at just barely doing enough for you to be like, well, he's not yeah. the worst. Like, he would play terrible at Alabama, but then play a really good game against at home against AM. And then and people would be like, like, double OT. Yeah, and then and people like, would be like, well, all right, a- we'll give him another year. Yeah. He, he's, 
I hate that guy. He's a fraud, but he's he's like he just oh man grinds my gears, man. I don't like Auburn. Oh, has this happened in other years too, or is this just a this no? Year this thing? is just a this year thing. Um, this is just a this year thing. I I was real high on Bo Nix after his freshman year. I was like, ah, oh, he's gonna be great. I remember the first episode. I was like, the second place team in the West is gonna make the playoff, and that team mm. will be. The Auburn Tigers. Oh, and yeah. then I was like, I take it back. That's dumb. Yeah, that's why you the hate them so much. The second place team in the West. And I rescinded it. Like, undid it. But I still, like, I thought Auburn could be the second place team in the West. That's how, like, I believed in Bo Nix. Maybe why, I'm just mad because I believed in him and he sucks. Yeah, that's why you're so upset with them because you believed in really, him. They, like, like yeah. I, I don't believe in a lot of people and they don't. <laughs> It doesn't piss me off if they prove me wrong. I just, I hate, I hate phonies, you know? It just grinds my gears. It's like Lamar Jackson. You mentioned, I don't like Lamar Jackson. The fact that he won MVP is ridiculous. Oh, God. Great year, but he's a one-shot wonder. He's like, uh, I don't know, whoever made a one-hit. The the, the girl (laughs) who sang uh, Friday, you know? One-hit wonder. (laughs) The... He's horrible. Like, he cannot throw the ball. If they're trying to drive with two minutes, Lamar Jackson can't do anything. They might as well put in Trace McSorley. Um, oh, I digress. But Auburn's going to lose this week. The, Tennessee will win. The person that sung Friday is Rebecca Black. Yeah, Rebecca Black. That's her name. All right. So that's our that's our take of the day. Rebecca, Rebecca Black is Bo Nix. Equals Lamar Jackson and Bo Nix, apparently. Yes, yes. All three of them are the same thing. But Bo Nix never even had a hit. <laughs> Bo Nix was like, oh, this guy's gonna have it. And then he just didn't. He's horrible. I mean, fair enough. I I mean, I... Bo Nix is horrible will be the title of this episode. I don't really know how to respond, but I guess so. Do I mean, you I'd, disagree? To an extent, yes. Is, is he not horrible? And then you don't even have to think he's good. Is he not horrible? Yeah, he's not horrible. Wow. I, I, think, I think he's at least mediocre. That one, I mean, he's pretty bad. I mean, I think we'll, we're going to learn a lot this weekend in the coming How, weeks. Where does he fit in terms of SEC quarterbacks? Bottom three? No. Do you how many bad SEC quarterbacks there are? Yeah, but like... Okay, so Vanderbilt's quarterback, don't know his name. It's uh, Ken Seals, I believe. Yeah, okay, something, whatever something his like name that, is. But yeah. Bad. South Carolina, Colin Hill. Better than Bo Nix? He beat him straight up. Hmm. I would venture to say Tennessee's quarterback situation is worse. Okay, fair. Miles um, Brandon's better. Andy, he's better than Terry Wilson. Oh yeah, you're right. Never mind. That was a horrible take. Kentucky's also better better than LSU's current situation and better than Mississippi State's current situation. Oh, I was counting Brennan, but if you're counting Brennan, then yes, he's worse. Yeah. Okay. Um. Fair. That was a bad take, but he's still horrible. Fair enough. I think I just talked for yes. Now that we've had that uh, ten that, minutes about how bad he is. Yes. Now that we've had that Bonix rant, hopefully you know. I mean, I it would be miraculous if he did listen to this podcast. But if he did, he would probably slander us and tell nobody to ever listen to us. So thanks. For I'm that. gonna tag him. I'm gonna post this on please, please on don't. Twitter, and I'm gonna tag him and say you're horrible. <sighs> you know, that's that's really not how you build a brand is by calling out uh, the athletes we're talking about and telling them how bad they are. Well, he is. If he wants to come on and give us an interview. And I, I'll, I'll talk to him. Say, why are you so bad? I'm well, sure you would. I, I'll look him in the eyes. No, that's not I'll, very. I'll, not I'll, very professional. Let me correct that. 
why are you so bad most of the time? <laughs> most of the time. You have a couple flashes, but, you know. Yeah, well, most where the is the terrible. flashes the rest of the time? Yeah. Yes. Um, Answer, riddle me that. <laughs> riddle me this, Bonex. Um, but, yes, that uh, that'll about wrap things up for this week. You know, I apologize to any of the Bonex fans out there or Auburn fans. Um, if you're a Bonex fan, you might as well get off the train while you still can. I mean, yeah, I, I could agree with that, though. Thank you. We agree on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hesitantly, but yes. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a slower week last week, but we're going to really heat things. Things are heating up this week uh, with a lot of conference championship implications on the line. We're entering Thanksgiving week. Uh, rivalries next week will be really fun to talk about as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to learn a lot, especially about the Big Ten, the American, and then you know the, the Big 12 title race is probably going to be um, determined in some aspect this weekend. So a lot to look forward to. Uh, thank you all for... Uh, tuning in be sure to uh, nail in our locks especially washington state if you want to win money and, and florida minus 31 and a half i would be slightly more that is a lock hesitant about that when one they win by 60 you can change your mind fair enough uh but we will uh see you all next week thank you for uh tuning in with us for episode 12 we'll catch you guys next time